Hello again, this is Richard Spangler of Lions Voice Ministries, and as you know, we've been discussing the Constitution of the Kingdom. Uh, this is part four in this series, and we're going to be looking at Article 2 of the Constitution, which is basically dealing with relationships, and we're talking from Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 21 through 48, to the end of the, ver- through the, end of the chapter. Uh, this is the th- of the second article of the Constitution. It's a very key article because it deals with our relationships with others. And, you know, uh, Jesus was talking in this t- topic about, about you've heard of talking, it starts off with murder. And it says, thou shalt not be committed or murder, kind of then you're answerable. But he says, anyone whose anger with his brother will be an- answerable. And whoever says, whoever calls your brother good for nothing, and whoever calls someone a fool, will be guilty and will go to the fiery hell. Um, this also says, you know, if you have a problem with your brother and he has a problem with you, stop what you're doing. Stop, leave your offering and go and be reconciled to your brother. Because if he's accusing you and you have not reconciled it, you could find yourself in jail. You could find yourself in trouble. This is a matter of what you're thinking in some respects but you at some point you've been acting in some way that has caused out of your thoughts and out of your heart comes these actions and these words that cause harm and can 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 cause division and bring you to a place of where you actually are being sued by someone and they could wind up putting you in jail or costing you um a loss of things and and in some way you, you wind up having to pay back what has been lost to that person and he's but God, we can't read the minds of it. We, the only mind we know about the only person he's talking about is you you as an individual your mind what you're thinking you're not trying to guess what they're thinking you're thinking it's your thinking it's it's a very personal concept dealing with relationships and then it says when you thou shall not commit adultery but anyone who had lust in his heart towards a woman has already committed it this is a very important key when you when you look at a woman and you and you're married and you lust in your heart after her uh, it's you already committing adultery and it says if your right eye causes you sin tear it out and throw it away it's better for you to lose a part of your body this is the talking about the seriousness of this situation that if you have something that is continually causing your problem deal with it uh you know to lose an eye a right eye in those days or a right hand in the in the biblical days was critical a person who lost his right hand that that was saying you were guilty of something but also it prevented you from doing being a part of society in so many ways because in those days your hands and your eyes were everything to work with so here he is saying you know if you if you are lusting after a woman you have to be careful you have to you have to look you know you can't do that you can't you're committing adultery in your in your own eyes that's the reason um when your uh, pornography is such a dangerous thing it's a it's painting a picture uh, of women in ways that we should not be looking at it it also when i hate to say it when you go down on the beach here in Virginia Beach, we have we have wonderful beaches, but we have some we have a lot of tourists that come in, and what uh, some women wear, it's very difficult, and you have to look away, you have to think on something else. And what I do is I try and think on the things of God, uh, and try to remember that God loves them and they are a daughter of God. 
they are his they are his daughters even though they're not acting like it they are his daughters and, and that helps keep you under keep you from thinking those thoughts that you shouldn't have been done and then it goes on to say whoever gives his wife a divorce except for the reason of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman forces her to he commits adultery so in this place there was a lot of things going on that he's directly going after here with the pharisees and the sadducees and the priests because they were married um a woman of the youth they would have a family and, and then when she got old uh, there was a practice where they would, could say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. And the divorce was done, and they'd kick the first wife out and go marry some 14 or 15 or 16-year-old girl. And it, uh, it was a horrible thing to do because the, one, the first wife lost everything. There was no property value. There was no property to be separate. The man owned everything, and the wife was put out on the street to fend for herself. And most of the time, that unfortunately led her into prostitution or becoming a beggar because there was nothing for her to have. And, and that was a, a thing that they were doing that was totally wrong. And in every culture, there was, there was where wives had no say-so uh, in this time period. Women had no say so, but there were points where, in God, women had say so. There were points where God, God would step, God would use women in mighty ways, uh, as prophetesses, as leaders. He would raise them up, uh, and they were the exception. They weren't the rule, um, it, it, and that has changed so much thanks to the understanding that we are all children of God and and that the, the, in the in the scripture it says that when we get an understanding of that there is no neither male nor female bond nor free in the kingdom of heaven and that a woman has a right uh, to to speak and preach just as much as a man does she's a servant of God she's a she's a child of God they have the same rights as men do in society and all this stems from this teaching saying, this is wrong. This should stop. Women, Jesus treated women as equals and respected them and ministered to them just as the same as he did men. And again, he talks about the vows that we make. And he says, he says you know, you can't fulfill a vow. He said, make no, make no oath at all. Neither by heaven, for, or by the throne of God, for, nor by the earth, for it's the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Nor shall you take an oath for your, or, 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 by your head, because you can't turn a single hair white or black. If that's the case, I wouldn't have gray hair, I'd have black hair. But be sure that your statement is yes, and your no is no. Beyond that, everything else is of an evil origin. So when you go to a person and say, I swear, you're making a vow. And you may not even mean to, I will, and, and, and that is what he's talking about. When you, when you swear something or you promise something, and you know that you're not going to, and, and, and down the road you can't fulfill it. That's, that causes problems between you and that person. It causes guilt for you. It causes anger for that person because they were counting on you to fulfill an oath that you did not do. And there are circumstances that come up that cause 
oaths to be broken. You know, now, now it's different when you swear the oath as, the, as a government leader to up in our in our constitution to uphold the constitution and the laws of the United States in this country and in other countries. But even there, leaders break oaths all the time. They break promises all the time, and that's an evil origin that discourages people. That this this causes distrust to be sown in the government. And he says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, no sound bites, guys. No sound bites. No saying, I'm going to do this, but we're going to work around it so I don't have to do it. Or promising during election campaigns to do all these great things when you know you're not going to do it. And you don't have the power to fulfill it. And we've seen that over the last... Uh, since the 1960s with the promises on the war on poverty, which has been an abject failure in this country because they're, still, they're saying they were going to eliminate poverty, and there's still poverty. Some of the areas in this country that they said they would go in and help are just as bad or worse today than they were back then because they made promises that they had no intention to keep for their own gain. And that's, what, and that's of an evil origin. And that's personally, too. People make promises to get something, and they have no intention of keeping them. That can be paying off your bills, uh, promising to pay back somebody when you borrow money. You shouldn't be borrowing. If you're, and you, know, you make all these commitments, and you're breaking promises. And your yes should be yes, and your no should be no. And then he speaks of here uh, of, of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, verse 38. And then he says... Um, do not show opposition against an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you, take your, tun- your tunic or coat, let him have your cloak also. And whoever forces you to go with him one mile, go two. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Amazing. Amazing. Here's Jesus saying... You sh- you sh- you know you shouldn't uh, be an eye for an eye type. Well, he they did this. So I'm going to do that. Or they hit me. I'm going to hit them back. Or they used a gun. I'm going to use a rifle. Or they used a bomb. I'm going to get a bigger bomb. You know that's. That's what got, that brings you to war. That brings you to personal war. Na- nations go to war over this same attitude. Well, they hit me, I hit them back. Now, it does not say that you not stand against righteousness. You are standing against righteousness by being righteous, unrighteousness by being righteous. Jesus said it. You you have heard the love your neighbor and hate the, and hate your enemy. And he says, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may prove yourselves to be sons of God who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love, who love you, what reward have you? Even the tax collectors do the same. And if you only greet those, only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, you shall be perfect 
as your heavenly Father is perfect. God loves everyone, yeah, even those that are doing evil in his sight. It says here, he causes the rain on the just and the unjust. He causes the sun to shine on them just as much as he does us. He's a, a just God, and he's the one that reserves judgment for his time. And his, We are not to judge. We are to love our neighbors. We are to love them, even those who we have problems with, those who hate hate us. We're to love them. We're not to be hating anyone. We are to love them and to pray for them and ask God to bless them. Ask God to send the sun to them when they need sun and to send rain when they need rain. Because if you're asking for God to rain, to, uh, to rain, it'd be like you as a farmer in, a, a, let's say, uh, Oklahoma, and you got a neighbor you got a problem with, and, you, and he, he's uh, he's a, your enemy for whatever reason, and you're praying for rain on your farm, and you're saying, God, don't let it rain on his. Now, a thunderstorm could make that happen, but generally, rain is rain, and it's needed for everyone to be blessed. You need it for you to be blessed. And the person that you that you have a problem with needs it so they can be blessed. And maybe at one point they will realize that you're praying for them to be blessed, and that God is working in on their behalf as well as yours. And they will understand that and realize they need to make peace. And you're supposed to go to them anyway. The scriptures before talked about if you have someone who has ought against you, leave your offering and go and, and, and go and ask for forgiveness. Go and make it right. How much easier would our society be if people would make it right? If people would stop judging each other. Remember the scripture that says, judge you not lest you be judged. If you're judging people and you're disagreeing and you're because they disagree with you, you're opening yourself up to judgment from God Almighty. You're opening yourself up from the same judgment that you wield out. It's the same judgment you're going to get back. And that is what has caused these rifts in this country, in the United States and around the world, is people are judging each other and they're standing back and saying, because they don't believe what I believe, they don't think like I think, they're evil and vice versa. And there is no middle ground. There is no room for forgiveness. There is no room for God's love. Because you have determined that that person is evil. And you have said, I'm not going to associate with them. They're evil. They should go to the place that God has for people who are evil. And that's judgment. Who are you to judge them? Leave that to God. Pray for them. Pray for those who are in sin. I'm not saying accept the sin. I'm saying to love the person and hate the sin. Let them know your position. Let them know God's position on what they're doing is wrong. But at the same time, do it with love. Do it with love. You can point to the scriptures. You can point to what God says. And so this is what God says. You're, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting God. You're hurting me by what you're doing. But I still love you. I still want to pray for you. And you pray for someone, their lives, God works in their lives. There's nothing, the Bible says we are to pray all the time without ceasing. And that means not just for our brothers and sisters. 
That means for the people who we walk with every day who are not believers. The man who the man or woman who cuts you off on the highway when they're doing 80 miles an hour and come flying around you, passing you in another car and driving like um, they've lost their minds. Uh, we've seen it. You know, I don't care where you are in the United States. You've seen people driving absolutely crazy. But you shouldn't curse that person. You should pray for them. You should say, God, keep them safe so they will do no harm to anyone else. Different perspective from, God, get them. Let that state trooper be up there with the radar gun and catch them. No. Pray that God will protect them and he will protect those around them from them. That's the way you handle that. And you don't know that person. You don't know what's going on in their life. And if you've been speeding, you know, people might be thinking the same thing about you. And you need to change. I'm just talking in terms of what we do in our lives. And we have the need to realize that God blesses everyone. All of us are God's children. There's just some of us who know him and some of us who don't. And the ones who know him, we are to show the ones that don't the love of God in such a powerful way that they will repent. That's what these relationship teachings are all about, is that if we got stuff in our head that we're holding against somebody, it's time to get rid of it. If we're talking, if we have evil thoughts about a man or a woman in the in the worst sense of uh, adultery and thinking about doing things with them that are not right we need to repent if that person flies by you down the road don't say god get them say god bless them keep them safe that they will do harm to no one else that doesn't say what they're doing is right but you're praying protection on them and the people that they are going around the people they are past, you're praying protection on lives that, because of your prayer, may not be harmed. This is, this is some hard teaching here, but this is the second article of the Constitution. The first was who we are in God, what we're supposed to be in, and who Christ is. And then here we are talking about relationships. And God is all about relationships. So be careful what you say. Be careful what you think. And that will keep you from acting in ways that is not the way God would want you to react. And from saying things that God would not want you to say. And those things cause you harm and cause another person harm. But if you, when you bless them, you're doing what God says to do. And you're, you're, you're blessing at the same time those blessings come back on you. Those blessings, when you pronounce blessing, you're also making a statement for yourself that you, God's going to bless you. Because you are blessing someone else. That's the power of blessing. That's the power of walking in right relationship without judgment. With understanding. And being willing to sit down and talk with someone. And share with them. And pray for them. And let them, if they don't want to know. If they don't want to pray. Say well I'm praying for you anyway. I'm praying that God will bless you. I'm praying that God will reveal himself to you. That's all you need to say. You don't have to say, I'm going to pray that you change your life. No, just say, I'm going to pray that God reveals. 
himself to you. I'm going to pray that God will, will, will be with you and he will show himself to you. That's the power of blessing. That's the power of prayer. So, and that's the power of walking in the relationship that we need to be walking in one to another and doing right things in God. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you now, and Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you, you've called us to walk in a way that is holy and righteous before you. And the only way we can do that is through you, relying on you, relying on the Holy Spirit that you have given us to show us and to teach us. Lord, let us have a hearing ear to hear your voice, to hear what you're saying, to understand what you're doing and to see as people as you see them open our eyes to see people as you as you see them open our hearts that we will love them the way you love them and lord god that you will be glorified as we walk through life doing what you called us to do and sharing you with them and praying for them and watching their lives change because you love them in jesus name Amen. God bless you all until next time. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.